What's going on there, listeners of the Reject Nation? We're going to watch House of the Dragon Episode 4 if you guys want to check out uh, our reaction. It's up on YouTube.com slash Real Rejects. But if you want to just hear our thoughts, stick around. That's why it's a podcast and a visual medium. All right, let's get to it. Yeah. All right. So this show's awesome. This is a terrific uh, piece of television. Yeah. Like, we're back. God damn. That was, that was bold. That was, it's like the characters are, it's, I love how they're doing the time jumps because it's not just so plot driven. It's so, it's like so wildly character driven. You just watch how, how these people just change over time and you just got such different sides of everyone. It, it, I felt like so many different directors' influences in this, like, tonal-wise. Like, there were parts of it that reminded me of Alex Garland, who did stuff like Ex Machina, Annihilation. And then uh, there are elements of it that also kind of remind me of Ari Aster, who did films like Hereditary and Midsommar. And uh, I, I would also say, like, a, a, a tinge of Lars von Trier. Yes. <laughs> Just the, that sexual uh, twistedness. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, like I know the, the 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 religion and deities that these guys worship is not like Christianity, but like we grew up Catholic, where like sexual things and lust are very very much they're frowned upon. They're not looked they're not looked kindly upon. Shame. Just the shame, thoughts. Shame. <laughs> and it it was it was a fascinating look at it. We're we're like Game of Thrones, it's kinda of just like the world of it, it just inhabits it. <laughs> you know? And then I did think it was actually kind of interesting that when they did go to the brothel and this like the the seedy underbelly of this world that was just so much people just given into their their desires, given into their their, their bodily wants and such. It's ultimate hedonism. And how it was captured in like a dark cringy way <laughs> well yeah you know? it feels like you're watching like a like a witch movie or something like that because yeah. yeah it's like all these long shots a little robert eggers in here too yeah because you're looking through fire and everything's lit by fire so you have that sort of dancing strobing but also very dim light just, just associates you with shadowy deeds and yeah you're going through these narrow winding streets and in through corridors and you're watching a show and then you're in the pleasure house and yeah like it's, it feels very carnal it's so <laughs> much of uh yeah it's a good word for a carnal um it so much of it seemed to be dealing with the the themes of when our desires have great consequences <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, because so much of the time, you know, especially with a character like Renera, a lot of these characters too, you know, it's not only the consequences, but how our how our desires of what we want conflict so much with the reality of what we have, and how that makes us feel. Yeah. You know, like when it is cutting back and forth between like this this lustful situation, because they didn't actually like go all the way, right? If I read that scene correctly, with Damon. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's yeah. why she still needed more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go all the way. So they they went a further. Enough. They went enough. <laughs> they, went mean, a, yeah. they went enough to the point where it was like, oh my god, I don't he, know. He definitely <laughs> bro broke some firsts. Yeah. Uh, so they they went they went enough, but um, because like when they're cutting to there, and then you're even cutting to Alicent, and there's so much about oh, you know how so Alicent is serving her role, and she's just like surrendering her body. 
mm-hmm. trying to be very careful my words here because yeah. YouTube sucks. <laughs> um, like surrendering her body uh, to the situation, and you see that she is just not about it. Not, you know? not there. Yeah, but it's 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 what she she has to do, and it's like she's a young woman, and I'm sure she would probably desire some hot young stud. Love a night at the pleasure house. Yeah, I'm sure she would. (laughs) But this is what she has to do. And then you're watching how, you know, like Allison is doing what she has to do, clearly not happy. And then you watch Renera giving into some desires and she's enjoying it, right? Yeah. It's like a. It's like, I know the actress, Millie Alcock, is, is not a teenager. Um, but I've, I'm so used to her <laughs> being like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I have to like work my brain around it. <laughs> like, especially when she's doing certain scenes that, yeah, you know, she's not a teenager. Yeah, she's she's like actually in her twenties. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to, my mind has to kind of catch up a little bit because I'm so used to seeing her in the frame. It's okay. That <laughs> discomfort is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, we're like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Yeah, this, is, this <laughs> seems a, unethical. The actress is a teenager. How is this on the most popular <laughs> network on television? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as she's giving in her, uh, her desires, then how she suffers the consequences for it, whereas Allison, you know, does it. But either way, it's, it leads to a life of suppressing what we really want and being ultimately unhappy for it in the service of duty and honor yeah. <laughs> you know and having your autonomy in that side of your life basically removed in the interests of yeah your political f- yeah uh, worth or you know yeah whatever you are to the king and all that sort of other stuff that takes hold like it's funny that people don't dog on this show so much for like being woke because like so much of this is about and they say it multiple times like she was a young man no one would care like she could go out and do whatever she wants you know in the pleasure house or with anybody with a family member whoever but because you're a woman and in the position you are yeah it's like people are gunning for you and you can't live you know you can't get out there and live <laughs> no i mean maybe they don't gun for being woke because of uh the fact that it's, she's just a super well-written character and it, it, the world that inhabits is mainly a lot of men <laughs> you know <laughs> and so yeah i think that you know what we saw renera go through in this episode was so fascinating like when she started a like just the I, I i just admire the writing so much like when she's talking to allison and she gets into like she's been caught mode mm-hmm. but she has to lie her way out of it she starts calling her like your grace sister you know saying yeah. things i'm like she doesn't she doesn't talk like this man that's <laughs> not how she talks and she, yeah. she doesn't resort to this you and, only like, just this, started to mend this bridge <laughs> like yeah. just getting desperate and and then watching her lie um with such conviction is not something that in the past, like I've, you feel like you've got to know these people remarkably well. <laughs> in despite these, even the time jumps, yeah. Despite the time jumps, despite that it's only been four episodes, that you feel like you really know these people, yeah. which is such a testament to the show. So to see her lie is like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, that's not the Renner I know. I know her for being the one who says the uncomfortable truths all the time and stands up for what she really wants and yeah. thinks, you know? So to see her be, put in that position and um uh, almost like borderline submissive to a situation it's i got i, I don't know i gotta process this episode <laughs> I, I, I don't want to just repeat the word 
uncomfortable, kind of aches. You know, well, it's yeah. a little bit of an achy feeling <laughs> I'm noticing in my heart. Like it's sort of like twisting it. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's so much. They have a great, I think, blend of you know, you're there for part of it. You see, you know, this sort of, I don't know, it, it comes from multiple perspectives because, you know, as you're, I love the intercutting uh, and the contrast they draw in that scene. Because at first I was like, oh, it's kind of random. We just cut back to Allison. But then the more times they do that, you, you see, yeah, that contrast. And it's like, you're there. And in parts with uh, Rhaenyra, you know, some of you is like, yeah, get out there. Like, you know, go see the city. Like, you know, you you live this life concerned with things inside the walls of, you know, your 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 castle home, but like really go see what life is like. And yeah, you know, you go enjoy some earthly pleasures. It's a very human thing. But then to then realize that like, okay, A, <laughs> it's happening with her, her uncle. And then B, I don't know what, if he actually, like they seem to have a real rapport, but then you're like, well, is he just trying to use her to get uh, under Viserys's skin? And then, you know, you have the bit where Alicent and Rhaenyra kind of break the ice again after so long, realizing that they're both subject to this system and both unhappy in various ways because of it. And then watching as that is effectively kind of called into question and destroyed. And then you have like Otto Hightower, who we've come to this point of being like, I don't really like or trust this guy. I love watching him. And I love Risa Fons' performance. And then in this episode, you have him in arguably the most uh, sympathetic and, and he's clearly acting or it would seem the performance suggests he's acting out of integrity at least in this isolated moment. So it takes all these things you know about characters and all these ways you feel about them and it really plays on and, and forces them into uncomfortable positions and I feel like, you know, especially in the puritanical world of the United States, you know, there's a, a certain amount of like shame surrounded any sexual conversation uh, and so to see that amplified, rightfully so, as dirty, you should break. be ashamed. You're going to hell. <laughs> Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> um, but like that's already such a kind of angsty faculty of life. And then you dump all these politics and yeah, the warring perspectives and the idea of like it doesn't really matter what the truth is. It just matters how people perceive it. And you get the whole thing with the play. And you already know this mounting weight of like. God, the people on my dad's council have their perceptions of me and they don't want me on the throne and it seems like the common folk don't. And yeah, it just draws this really painful situation where, yeah, all you want is relief and the characters seem to express this longing for relief, especially Rhaenyra. Like, I'd love to be just without the constraints of my duty and, uh, and my mantle and these things that have been thrust upon me. And the episode never gives you a moment to breathe because, yeah, the whole time you are just kind of tense. No, my shoulders started to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. had this like tension just kick right in, right by the sides of my neck. Yeah, it was just kicking in just so hard. I'm like, I, I'm not enjoying this, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's weird because it's like I, and you get conflicted even in moments like, or I did, where I like, I love, I love the back and forth that Millie Alcock and Matt Smith have, and I love especially when they're speaking. Uh, it's old Valyrian, right? Uh, when they're speaking to each other in that way. And during that sequence, I was like, yeah, you know, go now. Uh, until they actually, you know, turn toward each other in the pleasure house. You know, you're like, yeah, I kind of like it when they hang out. They should spend more time to get like y you kind of feel that rush of, you know, freedom through that. And I'm like, I like both these guys and I like Damon the most when he's hanging with Rhaenyra. And then, yeah, it, it twists it in, 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 in a place we've been in Game of Thrones you know, lower before, but yeah, into something that is just so uncomfortable and strange and, and 
you know, he says that thing about like, well, you know, why not me? <laughs> why not somebody who she knows and who is, you know, of royal blood? And you're like, I guess for the time that's an argument, but ugh, like, yeah, it just it it it. It, I think it plays on the fundamental thing that we've all been through of you sneak out, you get some fun in, you experience a little bit of the world that's hitherto been kind of kept from you. And there is that rush and catharsis, but also the immediate plunge back into consequences as, you know, the people who are above you or who see more of the picture than you do or have access to more of the picture than you do then come and, and you know, uh, reprimand and or shame you for whatever it is. And then you you know, multiply that by all the crazy statecraft, Iron Throne circumstances and politics and stuff like that. That's all it is. It's the Game of Thrones right there. Yeah, it's a, it was a fascinating em emotional interplay this episode. Good for uh, good for Kristen, though. <laughs> good for Sir Kristen. <laughs> Just like the, the one guy who's kind of all right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's why they, I, I think they do a good job at fleshing that out, that it's, because it could have, it could have just been that that feeling of exploring the sexual desires as a dark, dark thing. But it it shows uh, something kind of sweet and beautiful. Yeah. Between the two of them, something that felt like they really are connected, and there is a, a genuine romance between them. And I think the show's done a good job on building up both. Yeah. This is stuff that's been percolating throughout the years for these characters, us a few episodes, but years for them, right from the first moment that you see in that first episode, when Matt Smith puts the necklace around okay. Rainer. It was like, is there some type of thing? I know. I can't tell them. Maybe. Um, I suppose so. And <laughs> well, now you look back and you're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then they're kind of, and they bring it back at the beginning with the necklace too. And it's so much about giving. I, I feel like that's probably what Damon wanted was to put up the card out there of let me marry her. Like it's already gone to this point. But then he wasn't even going all the way there, so he even felt conflicted about it as well. Like, he kept pulling away. And at first I thought it was just some, like, act of, like, come get me. Yeah. And, and then it wasn't, and he just straight up abandoned her. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell that he was in his own head about the whole thing, too. Like, I don't really know what Damon's purpose for returning is. That's part of the complexity of his character is that tug and pull of being. And that's what's so great about all these characters is... There's so many different things of what they all, no one's one note. So he, he wants more, he wants power, but he also wants connection. He also wants family with the, with the people he's also combative with. You know, there's yeah. so many things happening. And I think going off of where the three episodes prior were building, what I love about it is it seemed like the crumble would happen externally from a war or some shit like that. Well, really, what's causing everything to crumble is all within the yeah. castle and all within the family. Just family melodrama. All the people with who are living in the high tower, you know, those are all. That's where everything is starting to, um, it's it, it like form and like like this like a, a virus of insidious feelings just taking over and, and seeping through everyone because everyone has desires and everyone has wants and needs and and they all have a, uh, a certain direction they want to take so yeah it's kind of cool watching like Renner being sort of like having to accept the position she's in and, and willing to go through with the marriage but you know feeling that need to also protect her reputation mm -hmm. as well it, it it was a it was really 
really like messed up episode. Like, yeah, I loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I, 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 I love, did I love, too. I love the uncomfortableness because when they are going through the city, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a Jasmine thing. And then when they they're seeing the play, I'm like, oh, it must be about just trying to convince Aegon to get him. Like, hey, you're probably better off with Aegon taking the throne. You know, I I thought that's where the conversation was headed. Was them debating about it. Mm. I didn't think it was going into this other, this this very different direction. And uh, with Otto, was that was great. That was that was excellent. Like they they know how to mess with you because you've kind of wanted him to get exposed, and he he did his job the way he was supposed to. Well, that's the thing too. Is I think that contributes to that harsh feeling the episode gives you. Is you're like as much as you want him to be exposed, it still pangs when you're like ah, but this isn't actually in this isolated situation. The right thing isn't happening for everybody. Well, he wasn't fired from being the hand for lying yeah he, it was because of the thing Rhaenyra put out there yeah oh, why would you wait so long Rhaenyra you knew yeah. you knew this whole time and then she waited to dish that, that out to yeah. save her ass <laughs> yeah. yeah so I'm like maybe you pulled the card at the right time <laughs> uh, well that's the other thing I think they're really good at and and they're good at drawing characters in a way where you can no one is ever 100% one thing, and that makes for compelling drama and mystery, but they're good at generally f- kind of depicting the characters who are calculating and who have very long-term view versus characters who, like, like I, I love Damon partly because you always have to wonder, like, I don't know if he really does have an in-advance plan half the time. I feel like he just does stuff on compulsion and because he is so minded towards these things obviously they have political cunning and and ramifications to them but yeah they're they're good at drawing those different boundaries between yeah the very conniving characters versus the just super impulsive characters and i feel like you can kind of see that intersection with rhaenyra especially well i think also with viserys that speech that he gave to otto at the end it seemed like it was a thing that he always kind of knew sure you know he probably he, he's a lot of these people tend to go into denial about shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, <especially for> <laughs> you know, like they have to really suck it up in order, yeah. to, especially for a king like yeah, for Viserys who's constantly like, I'm just trying not to get everyone killed. <laughs> just trying to keep everyone happy. Okay, <laughs> trying to keep things <laughs> not not everyone protesting all the time. <laughs> like. Like I know everyone's self-interested. <laughs> all right, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I think we can do. I sympathize for the guy. Sure, <laughs> a lot of the ways, you know, um, because he's a great character. There's so many people just getting used and tossed around and abused. Like Alicent uh, used the play. He she played the king, but she was also being kind of like whored out by her father. You know, uh, and so in that moment of when when they're having they're intermingling at night i'm like well you know they're married and i know she's not into she's not doing anything bad (laughs) right now it's uncomfortable as hell to watch because she so doesn't just do it because she has to um but you know he was under the impression too that she, she was actually like really in love with him and stuff and then it's just ever you're you just we're watching this Viserys guy just get fucking so hurt because you can tell there's so much love in this guy's I heart. Know. I know. You're like, oh, my wife doesn't really love me. She was just using me. And then after my, the wife who really did love me died in a terrible, tragic death where my son died. 
my own daughter. I'm trying to keep this shit in order. Now she's banging my brother. <laughs> and now I'm like, this is, this is so all over the place. And he's just, you were watching this dude just deteriorate. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but my daughter refuses to let me help her because yeah. he seems still like, uh, you know, committed to having her be the heir, and it's like, oh, you're not helping me, man. <laughs> yeah, whoa. He's a, he's a great character too. Like like props to Patty Considine because I feel like it would be easy to make a character like this feel just like a dope, but uh, especially for uh, he's aware of a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like we've had kings similar, at least briefly, in other Game of Thrones seasons. Where you're like, ah, yeah, this, this guy's not made for this world at all. Um, and and Viserys, while there is a lot about him, where I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're not gonna be the most <laughs> sung about uh, Targaryen king. Like, yeah, the the complexity with which they draw his pitfalls as a character versus the moments of strength, I think, are really compelling. And and everybody, it's testament to the casting. Everybody and and him as well. Like, there's so much in the faces and so much in the performances along with the great writing that, like, yeah, I, I just can't take my eyes off him. And Rhaenyra's going to be marrying um, the son of... Corlys, uh, I believe. Wh who is the... That is the husband of... What, not, it's not Rhaenyra, but Rhaenyra's? Rhaenys. Rhaenys, something like that? Yeah. Because um, I've been wondering where she's been and, and having them have scenes together again, it's like... Oh damn! Them getting married, it, and it just it shows, like Rhaenyra is not winning that argument that she was having with Rhaenys. Yeah, yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and I mean, imagine what they're gonna have to talk about when she gets there. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's, uh, it's so messed up. <laughs> you can't, I enjoy it so much. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rich. It's dark but rich. It's like a. It's like a. Yeah. It's like a ninety-seven percent dark chocolate. <laughs> because like the first three episodes were like there, there were some real like horror, especially in the first episode, it's truly horrific birthing scene. Mm, um, but for the most part, the show has been like dark, messed up, but fun. Yeah, and this you not, get the crab feeder stuff, and yeah, you're like, cool. you're like I'm gonna this is entertaining, Sweet, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is so entertaining. And and this this episode was so dread heavy, yeah, and so much of a of a build in in a way that felt more play like like a play, yeah, uh, and, and then um, you know, some extravagant, expensive TV show. It it, it was very 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 beyond intimate. And not indulgent in because sometimes you know with these shows we're like we need to do it today we need to do the fun stuff and then here I'm like that's really sort of a twisted purpose this time yeah a real twisted purpose oh yeah and and I mean <laughs> they, that was a funny thing they said before the season like we're not gonna do as many gratuitous <laughs> uh, love making scenes and this episode certainly has a lot of flesh on display but it does feel more like it is there for a direct purpose than just being like we're hbo and we can uh <laughs> well yeah i mean i think i think it just finally clicked with me now way late in this conversation of it, it does emit that feeling of like you know if if people are participating in such group activities there's nothing technically wrong with that uh it's it's really the fact that through her perspective, you know, through the position she's in, it's wrong for her to be there. Yeah. You know, um, and, and so far beyond that. anything that she's 
usually subject yeah, to. Yeah, like I can't say no to this. This is not going to lead to something good. Yeah. And so, yeah, I liked it. it. It felt like threatening. Well, and two, like really great use of both music and sound design because especially during that sequence where they're out in the city and they're headed towards the pleasure house, there's that there's that passage where it, the music even gives way to just this like unsettling, harsh ringing tone that just gets louder and louder and louder as this is all yeah. happening. And and that really kind of struck me on like a, I don't know, deep down sort of primordial level. And it does feel like that kind of haze that comes on when you are in a risky situation like that and you are kind of losing innocence and you are sort of in between the margins of acceptability and danger and all sorts of stuff like it, it it really as much as like what's on the page and what is acted is really effective they're also really good at transporting you in a tonal sensory way without yeah needing to be like whoa hey you know like this episode is so human in so many ways and that's partly what i think makes it feel so harsh and so conflicting because it is all in there you don't need a dragon or a or a zombie creature or a big battle or something you know to hit that you know you just need the real margins of humanity and then multiply it by the time and place that we're in but yeah yeah all right guys well um what do you think of the episode leave your thoughts down below uh subscribe and leave a like and hey we'll end this with a patreon <laughs> Nisa Oliva. Nice. Uh, we are typing in what your name means. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, my God. This is too long. Yeah, man. Jeez. Who wants to read all that? <laughs> Novel about Anissa. All right. Thanks for being here. No. We, we love you. All right. Here we go. Cool. Anissa. Mm. Beautiful girl. True. Can attest. Sometimes crazy, but, as, but fun as hell to be around. True. So true. One time, I saw her rob a bunch of homeless children. Yeah, they had it coming. Admittedly, I was like, what are you doing? But surprisingly, led to a lot of laughter. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was fun as hell. Loves attention. She vlogged the whole thing. You can look it up. It's amazing. <laughs> She's selling copies. Surprisingly, sounds offensive, but actually really funny. You got to see it. To Rides the line. Um, shy at times. Oh yeah, mm. totally. I mean, yeah. approaching those homeless kids took it, it takes a little bit of courage. It took like an hour. Yeah, it's not easy talking to homeless kids. No, you know, I relate uh, to the homeless kids. Near, like I just don't understand like what that is. Very sweet, but can be mean when she has to be. Yeah, like when she's shaking down homeless kids. Yeah, I mean, but you know, mean when she has to be. Yeah, and frankly, you got to do it for the abuse. Incredibly sexy. Oh yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my God. Yeah, those homeless kids were thirsting. <laughs> Loyal and uh, intelligent. Mm -hmm. Her body is to die for. So many of them broke puberty that day. Yeah. She is bootylicious. Oh, dude. Dude, the boot. Wow. The boot just scoot. The hemisphere it encompasses. Oh yeah. Is so just perfect you know, circumference. Goes through the imagine a line. Shh. Uh, you put the pencil in the paper, wormhole. Dude, flat circle. Every guy seems to be drawn to her, and not just because of her amazing ass-ets. She's more than just her butt, that's for sure, that's man. That's true. She's got a bit of a brain. But the butt is is a, is a strong detail. She can be feisty. Oh, yeah, dude, total bitch at times. 
man, so hot. <laughs> God, Anissa. Oh, dude, you you do, be as feisty as you want to be. Shit, you can get Anissa. away with that, Anissa, because you're so bootylicious. Shit. But that's one of the many reasons why you will love her, because she's not actually a bitch. Yeah, it's true, because she's easy to talk to. She's easy to talk to. She's funny. She's honest and has a beautiful smile and a big heart. Again, huge ass. <laughs> Definitely someone you don't want to lose. That's true. We have to lose that ass. We don't want to lose her. She's a tough warrior woman who is also hilarious, mm-hmm. authentic, and just so natural. You don't know ask for a better friend than you. So natural. So natural. Oh, natural. I'm just like, that's the word to describe it. No these. preservatives. Natural. No processed foods. People are always like, foods. natural in what way? I'm like, you know what I mean. Yeah. Natural. 100% organic. And they're always like, you need to elaborate more. Repeating the word natural does not tell me more about what Anissa is natural at or in or about. I'm like, look, here's how I would describe it. Natural. It's in her nature. And frankly, that's why she had to step in and be at those homeless kids because they just kept asking too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. It just got in the way. And she just naturally stepped in and dealt with it. And took care of those homeless kids, man. That's right. <laughs> those, those homeless kids <laughs> really got their due that day. Into the ass. Thanks, Anissa. Give me bread. Shut up. I don't have bread. I just walk around with bread on me. Yeah, what do you think this is? <laughs> I think this is Oliver <laughs> Twist right now. <laughs> what what century are we in? Someone's gonna comment. I'm a homeless kid. That's offensive. <laughs> like, what are you doing with the phone, you homeless kid? I do. <laughs> what are you at the library right now? What's going on? Yeah, YouTube account. You're smarter than this. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should be out there making a living if you're capable of this. 